Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of wealth makers and dream makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. As your host, I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. And with that said, I'm proud to have the mover, the shaker, the difference maker, Christina Harmon, local real estate uh, agent extraordinaire. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you so much for having me, Bart. Of so course. happy to be here. Of course. And Paul, we're, we're, we're glad to have you today as well. <laughs> okay, I just slipped in there, right? <laughs> we have Christina and Paul. Christina, that's right. <laughs> So, uh, Christina, let's start with, let's tell the audience a little bit more about kind of you, how, what you do, who you serve, and then we'll get more into like on the fundamentals of real estate. So how did you get to be this amazing real estate agent that you are today? Well, Bart, I guess you could say real estate is kind of in my DNA. Um, I've been showing property since I was maybe five years old. My, wow. uh, <laughs> my father was, um, a, a broker in the Palm Springs area yeah. in the eighties. And, um, it's kind of all I knew, yeah. um, most of my life. So, you know, some of the things that stuck out since I was a wee girl was those long-term yeah. relationships that my father would have for 35 plus years. Yeah. And that was very attractive to me. Um, I think it was just such a holistic type of relationship on you know, sometimes their biggest asset, right. but also the place in which they lived and built their reality. So a lot of that was always attractive to me. Um, and I just always saw myself in that role. Yeah. Okay. Did you, have you, so then have you done it? Obviously you weren't selling real estate at age five, but did you have an, any other career um, as an adult or you went right into real estate? You know, right after graduating from UCI, I did work for the Irvine company. Yeah. So um, initially I was there, um, bought our first place at 24. But in the meantime, yeah. um, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. Uh -huh. I was a biotech sales rep and kind of graduated to surgical sales, kind of the, the yeah. summit there for, for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that was... I actually started in real estate, but I felt like unless I had bought my own property yeah. and um, was in the position to really remodel and renovate like I I eventually did, I, I wasn't completely ready to make it my entire world. Yeah. So um, I chose, you know, the art of sales and connecting, which was medical sales. Uh, for a large portion of my 20s in Los Angeles. And as soon as I had the opportunity to come to flip a home in Orange County, I thought, God, this is the kind of market I could see myself in in the long yeah. term. Yeah, that's great. And that's when it began. Can I ask, can I ask a question before you dive in too deep here? Because she says she's an elder millennial here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's the <laughs> elder of that tribe here. Why do so many millennials not value or uh, home ownership or not seem interested in it is it just because they're delaying family is it because they saw the crash and they're scared is it because of prices or is it just lifestyle and they're just never going to be that excited about the picket fence in the backyard well you know the the interesting portion is the elder millennial, um, would say the, the 30s, um, has a little different mentality. I think they 
are really seeing home ownership as something um, they strive for. Um, you know, it's it's the age old down payment. Honestly, they get in a position where they've spent so much on higher education, their master's degree or whatnot. So it really is that that can preclude them. But as they you know have kind of grown in their career, I find it to be a huge value asset for them. Uh, perhaps the the younger millennial, um, you know. I think the mentality is a little bit different. They're sometimes, you know, they're starting their own businesses and starting in a tech world. And unfortunately, with um, or fortunately, maybe for big banks, they're looking at a very clear financial statement over the last few years. And so I do think they strive for it, surprisingly, Paul. It just depends on their viability financially. And, you know, maybe it is better that they do rent for a while, honestly, because as I see real estate, it's a long-term investment. And if you can't sit in it for at least seven to 10 years, maybe it's not the time. So perhaps they are, they've got a decent head on their shoulders in that regard. Because we've had so many shows and people have come in expressing worry. Are they ever going to get the fever? Or, you know, we all wanted to own our own homes. And my kids and other people are like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think I think deep down it's really that internal struggle of, of can they? They'd like to, but can they hold on to it? And do they have that longevity? And that's part of real estate. And I think you hit a, a great point because, you know, you and I have done a show before, your show, and that the topic was, hey, what's the... What's the right minimum amount of time to to own a house? Um, and I think from a planning perspective, that's seven to ten years because one, you don't know the volatility. Two, as we know, there's cost to get in and cost to get out. So that I think is is a good rule of thumb. Yeah. So great. Great to hear you say that. Um, who do you serve? So I like to say I'm the anecdote for the busy professional. Um, they tend. It, to be honest, it's usually the female that reaches out to me. Um, they tend to be either the co-breadwinner or the breadwinner of the couple. It just happens to be my demographic that replicates itself over the last six years. But they're extremely busy. They have children at home and lives they are juggling. And I step in and I think the reason I can be that anecdote is I meet them at their office for an hour and we go over properties. I you know, kind of hand hold them as they work through a potential renovation and get some contractors in there, you know, so they are not, um, you know, wasting time truly. So I think that tenure and just that practice of me and my own experience and now multiple, multiple clients that have gone through something similar can kind of save time and, um, and really handle some of those worries. I think that female professional wants someone that they can trust. Um, I'm not the salesy type. This isn't something for my financial gain. It's really um, for that connection long-term, and this is just a nice thing I can kind of provide a, a bunch of different of my attributes for yeah. them. But I think I think that those, that's my person. Those yeah. are my people. That sounds like um, very similar to our practice, and we all, like offering concierge-type service, and it sounds like that's what you are, are doing, which exactly, is Exactly, Bart. Just like this show. World. We're providing that yeah. bite size yeah. knowledge yeah. they just they need it for them yeah they're busy so paul just as a sub i don't know if you remember what but letitia when she tells her story who's my my business partner she started investing when she was in kindergarten so much like you were a five-year-old <laughs> in the real estate yeah. she started investing as a kindergartner and has stuck with it ever since so, so i love those those Aww. kind of things what are you seeing in the way of trends right now well, I think, um, gosh, I'm extremely busy right now, and um, I think that's probably because the interest rate is remarkably low. Um, I have uh, 
good pool of buyers between like 1.5 and 2.5. And they are looking for a forever home. Their family is expanding. They're on their second and third child. Um, so there's that mix. Um, I think there's some fence sitters, of course, that are worried about a potential change after the election. So, um, you know, waiting to see if there's any volatility there. Um, but I think by and large, um, they are looking for a forever home. It's not necessarily an investment. Of course it is. It always is. But um, they're finding the right fit for their family long term. And uh, whether or not it's their smaller home they're growing out of um, or, you know, something they see their family in, it it is just it's very busy right now as a season for me for buyers, for sure. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a there's an interesting overlap in in our businesses and our and our respective specialties. Yours being real estate and mine being just the market in general. And I think something common a theme would be it's time, not timing. Mm. So I mean, I have people that I meet too. They're like, oh, I can't invest now. There's election or interest rates are high or there's issues with China. And historically, if we look at time, yes, not that you picked like the best day. It was at a market low, right? Um, but if you use that seven to time your time horizon, it barely moves the needle that maybe you bought at a market peak. You know, it happens. Um, and then you know they're going to there could potentially be some sort of adjustment. But then, given the amount of time, it's going to come back, and it usually comes back higher than before. And so I think that's very consistent in just just overall investments, whether it be real estate or otherwise. Absolutely. I think in our coastal market, you know, I kind of specialize from Costa Mesa to San Clemente, and that's always um, been a huge, you know, point for them is that these are the places with our our phenomenal school district and that big blue that are those continuums that if you can't afford to be here and invest, it really is more that time. You don't want to lose it. What would you, so if someone's getting ready to sell house, because you represent sellers as well, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. So do you go in and like, because uh, I know you have a good design eye, will you look and say, okay, um, I mean, do you go as far as let's take out a wall and make this more of a great room experience or what, what, what is that process like for you? You know, it just, it really depends, depends. on the seller yeah. and their, and their style. Yes, we've done that. Absolutely. Um, and it just it depends on timing again um my clientele they've got these young children at home so sometimes that's not doable not, so they'll yeah, almost right. pay the quote unquote convenience tax or yeah. convenience um concession if you will yeah. um and they kind of expect that in a request for repairs or that clientele that i'm looking at it, it, it could be a more invested investment minded person coming into laguna beach per, for example and might want to create their own style and it was already built in 1973 so where do we begin i think there is that aesthetic that that clean um, clean lines, modern, fresh style um, that is what everyone's kind of looking for. Like you said, that open concept for yeah. that living area. So if there's any way we can declutter yeah. um, or paint some walls, flooring does so much. Um, it's less expensive than you think um, and can happen in a week. So there are times that I have absolutely done that. It just sort yeah. of depends on their time okay. and how they're looking to capitalize on that investment. But I think it, it goes a ways if they're able to. So sometimes spending a little bit will help make a lot. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then just generally speaking, what are people looking for? Now, what is the 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 style, if you will, either interior or exterior. We talked about the openness, but is that yes. is that a, 
a thing? It's a thing, that open concept. Um, yeah. And kitchens, you know, kitchens and bathrooms still sell. Um, you know, a good portion of buyers just don't have the time to renovate. So um, if you are a seller and looking to do that, you know, yeah. they love the quartz countertops, which ironically is cheaper than granite, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cheaper than marble. Huh. And, um, you know, you can really resurface things fairly quickly. Um, in my time in the industry, I've watched um, kitchens be remodeled in four to six weeks. Renovations happen truly very quickly. Um, it took me a while to found, find those teams. Yeah. But I, I love to share those resources um, because, yes, it's that's that gray, white, clean, modern, yeah. more contemporary style. Um, and then just kind of depending on the area, if they add a little bit more of that boho touch or the colorful pop. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so fun. Surfaces just change the world and so yeah. does the style of it. But if they can keep the house clean in terms of um, uh, open sight lines um, in living areas, um, I think that's ideal. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. So is there a risk for someone... And maybe it, I'm probably answering my own question, but if they said, okay, I'm going to, I want to sell my house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remodel, let's say the kitchen and the bathroom. But what if the style isn't what, I mean, a buyer is going to have a style that they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? So that, I mean, there is a potential that they remodel and the buyer's like, oh, that's, that's, the house is great, but I wanted, you know, X style instead of Y style. It's true. So, but I, I would think that the answer is just keep it as clean generic as as possible with good you know, products and then try to appeal to the masses exactly i think a, a fresh coat of paint goes a long way so sometimes even just aesthetically and the fresh smell like those things and a, a white surface you can't go wrong with um yeah. and just try to keep it as up to date as you can in the last 10 year trends again like financial trends are also yeah. those styled trends so if we yeah. can kind of stay on trend um for that sale and um yeah just some of those things when people walk in the door it typically is those surfaces the um the paint yeah. you know that uh the ceilings um the flooring that can really is that wonders. the lifespan of a of a, a design is it about 10 years they say it's about 10 it years is? that tempo mm-hmm yeah but then, of course, we see these amazing mid-century moderns um, yeah, come are, to the surface that are incredible. And I'm yeah. sure everything now, you know, in 10 years, we'll want, like, the mahogany yeah. cherry floors again. But the <laughs> avocado green and orange that Paul has in his house may not be. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, you're laughing, but she her, she lived in Palm Springs. Look at I how those things have come back. I literally was going to say that, Oh, Paul. my goodness. That stuff they were throwing away 20 years ago and laughing at it. Now it's the hottest thing around. No, go to Colony and go to some areas in Palm Springs, and that is quite on trend. I actually love the color. So, and I think it looks beautiful with um, a white oak and good clean lines See, for mid-century go. so right, i got said, you paul you're in you're in style after all <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. if you hang in there long enough it all comes back who would have thunk hey I, uh, somebody tweeted in a question how is selling real estate change are we all just going to go to um I'm, I'm not, i shouldn't even mention but you know we know the sites we're all afraid of here that uh no, no n- now have the listings and we're just going to go zillow and all these places here you know, I get qu- asked that question a lot, and I think it's a it's a great question because on paper it sounds um, like a one percent um, transaction charge is the way to go, but really, when you come into gosh the financial repercussions of your biggest investment um, and just the service aspect, but also I can tell you numerous occasions in um, areas like Corona del Mar where listing agents unfortunately will not choose that offer um, when they are represented 
by Redfin or Zillow. And that is because it really is a mechanical transaction. And at the face of it, it seems like that's the case, but truly it's an emotional process. It's so much more thorough from a legal perspective and financial perspective. So there are, I, I have seen it so many times and, and, and it it's such a disservice. I, I notice um, on, on both sides, really, um, because there's so much fault in it and I could talk for days about it, but the other, the other thing I've seen the is the lack of concierge too. Yes. yes. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. it's something you only do once, exactly. a, a couple times in your. I don't know. But Bart buys and sells them like you know candy here, probably. <laughs> but, but I've only owned what I think two houses in forty years or something. It's I the biggest the, transaction in, for most people. Yeah. It's so true, and what you notice from a negotiation perspective that we save you um, from knowing. Just a relationship with other agents, especially in an area like this, um, um, to, like we said, all the other factors that can kind of come into play um, from a concierge level. You're saving so much more money and you have no idea what you're getting into, especially in an older home. If you don't have the right due diligence after I leave BART here, um, I'll be going to a property where, you know, there's a we will have a, a lengthy termite inspection and a physical inspection and the things the people that I use and have been in the area for over 25 years they find things you wouldn't imagine which would save you um, I mean countless dollars so yeah. that's not something a Redfin or Zillow agent would be able to do transactionally so um, are you doing real estate as a quote-unquote investment like second or third properties for people as well do you see a lot of that um, in addition to obviously primary residences I do. It depends, of course, on the tenure of uh, the client. Right now, I'm just immersed in the market that is first and second time home buyers. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, their first home tends to be a million and a half dollars, which is <laughs> spectacular and yeah. great on them. But um, but it, it does seem to be that. Um, you know, I have a divorcee currently in San Juan Capistrano that's looking um, for her, you know, fifth and sixth investment opportunity. So it's kind of across the board. But by and large, um, I would say I'm I'm a first and second time home buyer, you know, space currently mm-hmm. for that elder millennial. Yeah. Busy the, professional. The elder millennial Paul. <laughs> the elder millennial spoken yeah, right. yeah. here's another one that we hear all the time in here. Are we in danger in Orange County of becoming one big leisure world as millennials choose to move elsewhere or cannot afford to live here? Our own kids can't afford to live here. Oh gosh. Are we just going to be one big senior community? Because the fastest, look at the statistics. I don't remember exactly there, but the fastest uh, growth of uh, seniors by by population is in places like Orange County. And you look at Newport Beach, it's like 25 or 35% of people over 55, 60 years of age. And I mean, logically, there's some sense to that, right? Because the older you get when you're like Paul and you're sitting on millions, you can afford <laughs> yeah, that's you, right. you can afford a more expensive house versus the millennial or older millennial, older millennial who are, are you know trying to save up for a, a, even a down payment. So there's some logic to that. And I do remember there was some presentation in Laguna and there was a proposal for some, some um, multifamily living and the concern was that they, the only people that are going to be able to afford that are going to be the elderly. It's an interesting question. I, but I ha- overall, like, I mean, just speaking of Laguna where we happen to both live and even Orange County, I don't, I don't see that. And it's amazing. Laguna is such a, its own microclimate. Um, but Newport, you can, and just on the, on the other side of 
Dana Point, you can get into a condominium at $450,000 and you can still probably get an FHA loan. So um, as much as I think people are staying in their property longer as the... um, as that baby boomer generation stays, there's still, you know, I, even in San Juan Capistrano, there yeah. were some phenomenal new constructions for under a million. So, um, so yeah, I think employment's going so great here in the area. Um, pe- people are coming here, especially with, with tech. And yeah. I, I can de- definitely speak from, I you know went to college here and, and uh, most of my friends are either from here, or USC, and they all want to come back here and raise their families. It might not be the 20-something, but I think the 30-something that you know ran to LA to begin their career like my husband and I did, um, they want to come back here and raise their family and go to the great schools. You know, We don't always have to put our children in private schools. We can save there. There's a lot of great things about Orange County. So in, in my experience, um, you know, it, it's definitely, uh, it's broadening for that 30-something crowd for sure. Mm-hmm. So if you guys aren't worried about the graying of Orange County, how about the high rising, the high rise of Orange County? You know, there's such fights about uh, where else do you go but up? And are we going to become San Francisco? Are we going to become Manhattan? Are we going to end up like that? You're not going to have a backyard anymore, but you're going to have a Starbucks at the base of your building here. Is that where and we're going? We have seen a lot of that. Irvine. Yeah, Irv- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Irvine, uh-huh. Laguna Niguel. Uh-huh. I'm, I know we're talking just local areas right now. Right. Um, but Laguna would be one of those cities that would just fight that. I mean, Huntington Beach n- did. And there's no way <laughs> that's ever going to happen. Right, there. right. Um, but as long if they're selling, that kind of answer that's the opposite to the green because those are going to be more probably affordable, mm-hmm. right? And maybe that's how the millennials are going to have their first home ownership, right? Um, and maybe I mean, is it a is it a trend that's here to stay? I know Anaheim by the stadium, it's a big thing. Santa, Santa Ana. Ana, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Dana Point, look at Dana Dana Point. They're putting lots of a uh, density downtown and around With the, the multifamily. Yeah, right mm-hmm. right around the uh, whatever that street Lantern is. District. Yeah, exactly. I thought those were all commercial, but could be. Some but um, have you? Do you run across those? You you sell them? Do you buy them? I, I do run across them. Um, Taylor Morrison, um, some of the new constructions that have kind of um, by Hoke Hospital, um, and I, I I think that's a great starter property. I sold one at like seven hundred thousand, and they're you know stones throw from the ocean. So yeah. I, I I could see that Paul that that's definitely where that younger millennials going and as you know they value experiences over things. So the fact that they're in the area um and close to things to do like the Lantern District that you mentioned. Yeah. Um you know they want to Yeah. take the trolley to the craft house yeah. and have yeah. a good time. I'm just I'm sure there's people listening right now that are outside of California <laughs> who's like you said 700,000 yeah. for this condo in Newport. Yeah. They probably have a 5,000 square foot, 5 acre house somewhere in the Midwest. We're uh, jealous. For that money. Yeah, 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 right. For real. So great. It's true. But it seems it's like uh, somehow living in Orange County is going to change and I'm not sure we're really planning for it. It's just sort of happening because there is no place else to grow. Uh, affordabilities uh, continues to be an issue, and yet tons of people want to still come here. And I just wonder what it's going to look like 20, 30, 40 years from now. Here. You're going to have to hang around long enough, Paul, to see. I'm going to. I plan on <laughs> <laughs> I like to tease Paul a little bit on the I show. I'm going to be the elder baby boomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Hey, Christina, um, what is your why? Oh, Bart. Well, I mean, my why has always been I connection. I love that reaction. She's, nobody's ever said, oh, Bart. It sounded good, didn't it? <laughs> it did. <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, that's funny. Um, 
always connection. I, I feel like when I'm going through this process with my clients, I'm literally part of their family. And there's just lo- nothing I love more than that. Um, I live it. I breathe it. I don't know if that's something healthy or not healthy, but it is how it is. I'm, yeah. I truly am 24-7 for them. But I always wanted something that could kind of collectively be who I was. And even, um, you know, Bart, as you were on my vlog, I my intention is truly to serve. And so this gives me that freedom to do so. Um, and and it's it's been such a beautiful process. I've gotten closer to people. I, it's like you live their lives. When you're buying a, or selling real estate with them, I could be showing their house every single day. I live yeah. and breathe their home. I live and breathe their family. I live and breathe yeah. their nap schedule, their That's work right. schedule, you know, their promotion. Their, yeah. Sometimes I'm a therapist between a husband and a wife. I mean, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that connection is, is really the why behind it. Yeah. I, it doesn't feel like work. I don't dread a Monday or a yeah. Friday or really a weekend yeah. um, because of that. That's just, so great. So just can me. I just, I have to ask you one other question because you talk about connections mm-hmm. and you talk about repeat customers and yet you say wait 10 years. That's a long cycle for that repeat to happen here. How do you stay connected to them over 10 years or seven or whatever you recommended holding a house for? It's a great question, Paul. And it's so neat because I'm, I'm actually at that place where I am buying their second home. So it's so fun because I watch them six, seven years ago, bring their first child home and they're now on their third. So <laughs> it's so organic for me, Paul. I, I've never done a lick of marketing till this year. And it's, it's just, I really am part of their family and part of their lives. Um, and they are part of mine. Um, I don't know. I guess that's just the way I've been since I was a little girl. It doesn't feel like it, it takes much effort. It's a trust. They, you know, I, I hear, you hear these terms from agents that buyers, um, you know, aren't always committed. You don't sign like we're a free service, actually, yeah. from a, for a buyer's agent, um, but they always retain because I think I I'm able to kind of offer that to them, and for whatever reason, they have stuck with me on their second turn now, seven plus years later from That's when great. I began. That's great. So That's just it's a like blessing. A, I think it's a testament to how you do business and the relationships you develop. So good oh, for fine. you. Good Thank for you. you. Um, one of my favorite things to do towards the end of the show is to ask my guests their final thought. A final thought question, and that is, what is your ultimate lesson learned in your career as a real estate professional? Hmm. I think just be authentically me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, I've worked in teams and groups, and at the end of the day, when you're true to yourself, my, my dad would always say, be, be yourself and you can't lose. Yeah. So I'll leave with that. Be yeah. yourself and you can't lose. And I don't have the nerves. I don't have the... Uh, I'm not pretending to be someone I'm not. If we click, it's great. If not, that's okay, too. If I fit and we fit, it's a beautiful thing. So just be you and be authentic. That is such a millennial answer. Authenticity (laughs) is so big to this generation. But, Paul, you're authentic. Paul, don't, you be do a, it too. don't be a hater, Paul. <laughs> you're an authentic soul, I can tell. I like that. All right, so my next favorite question is, what's your guilty pleasure? Bachelor. <laughs> really? Oh, my goodness. Somebody, wow. We finally met, met somebody who admits they watch this show here. I mean, millions <laughs> of people do, and nobody ever admits they oh, watch this show. Funny. So if you knew how excited I was right now, but I'm not going to comment or say anything, <laughs> because that may ruin <laughs> this great image I've created, but... I'm so excited. Monday night, we are going to be watching The Bachelor at one point. Oh, my gosh. And we're almost there. And I am one of those old fuddy-duddies who says, who watches this fairy tale nonsense? We're going to put 20 people in the room, and they all magically fall in love every time. I mean, it's just, that's it. It 
It's ridiculous. Is the best show ever. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. I rail against it all the time. Oh my gosh! I just <laughs> can we edit because I <laughs> we're gonna cut that part out. We just ruined Bart's whole in manly. I think it actually pr- promotes and helps it. So <laughs> I'm I'm a super super fan now. All right. Um, Whew, got hot in here. So we're gonna... <laughs> wow, we went to a place I didn't think we'd ever visit here. <laughs> Be careful what we ask. That's right. So anyway, Christina, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for um, sharing uh, to how you do your business and the trends. And I think it's going to be of some great value. So thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. And I want to thank everyone who has tuned in. And we look forward to being back in studio next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivest Inc. and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivest Inc. under SEC registration.